Hi everyone, and welcome to the 23rd episode of Dragon Quest Slime Time, the official Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platyam3. And this is Liam Land. Um, so I finally started a game of Dragon Warrior 3 with my son um, on the NES, and uh, it's great. He's I, I got him really engaged in it. Um, I created all of the characters based on names that he came up with. So I've got uh, um, Papu, the soldier fighter, and I've got um, Ake, the sage, and uh, <laughs> and Kaisis, the wizard. And these are all just names, random names he came up with. Um, and he's he's really really getting into it. He loves the music too. I play the orchestral soundtracks in the car for him. Um, but his latest thing now is he will run. He will just run full speed into a room and just knock all of his toys off the shelf and go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> and, like this kid has leveled so many times doing that. I mean, he's got to be up to like ninety nine. He's probably ready to revocate soon. I was going to say, I mean, you got to get him in a Dragon Quest nine and uh, yeah, do the revocation. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I wanted to say thank you, Platy, for uh, for the surprise episodes that you had planned uh, to release on the day my daughter was born on uh, June 18th this year, uh, covering Dragon Quest ten. And thanks to Austin Everard and uh, and Austin from DQFM for joining. Um, Platy, you played DQ. You played DQ MMO. That's that's like something you said you wouldn't do. What did, what did you think? Uh, yep, I really never had a plan to. And then, you know what? Never had a plan to go into quarantine and, you know, have the opportunity to, like, just stay up to 3 a.m. every night for a while. So uh, I, I did find that it gave me a great idea of what a, like, DQ walk would be like because I just walked <laughs> around a lot. <laughs> But no, honestly, I really like it. I mean, I liked it far more than I ever imagined I would. Um, I wish I could have got around faster. I did hop on the, I uh, can't remember what that thing was called, but it, it still wasn't fast enough. I was like, whew, these are vast other areas. Um, but I've never played any other MMOs, but I listened to some other gaming podcasts and come to realize that's kind of like every MMO. It's just, you know, there's tons and tons of real estate, tons of land. They're just huge. So um, I think I played for about 35 hours and just like the ogre continent, I maybe explored 70% of. And I know I'm well less than 50% of all the other continents. So those areas are just massive and there's so much to do. Um, tried to get back to it last month and I just kind of got out of the muscle memory of playing. So I need to, uh, and then with school starting back up, it wasn't a good time. So I'll have to maybe like Christmas set myself up for a couple weeks again of getting back into that and maybe try the uh, version two content. Great. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully I'll have a switch by then and be able to join you. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, if only we could talk to talk Square Enix's ear off about how much we'd love this game in the West. Ah, uh, you never know. One of one of their employees might be listening to this one. Yeah, maybe. Well, joining us tonight, we have a very special guest who's not only a Dragon's Den member and DQ cosplayer, but an actual Square Enix marketing employee. You may know her as Michi or Coffee Tan. Please welcome Samantha from Square Enix Marketing to the party. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also joining us today, we've got longtime Dragon Quest fan, Slime Time regular, and our very own Dragon Quest fan artist, Dwayne Bullock. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome, Dwayne. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been a while, and everyone out there is like, oh, no, not him again. (laughs) (laughs) The last one we had you on was what, the ballet one? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome back. Judging well, so- from our listenership on that episode, yeah, they're they're probably saying, "Oh no, not him again." Did, was that a low one? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Actually, I didn't not really. That one. Not, yeah. not really. That that's an average one. That fine. would be hilarious if that was like our most listened to episode, the ballet. Because people not, are just fascinated. not even not even close. But uh, <laughs> it's definitely it's not at the top. It's not on the bottom. It's All right in the middle. <laughs> Is this uh, uh, is this one of those instances where where it's good that I usually don't read the comments? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Do we comments? get comments? Do we comments? Oh, you mean like <laughs> maybe on YouTube? Um, so wow, Samantha, Samantha, so much to discuss. We have quite a number of topics to go over today. Okay. All right, but before we get into the heavy Dragon Quest stuff, let's get to know Samantha a little bit better. So uh, Samantha, you've you've been uh, got a couple different usernames around Coffee Tan Amici on the den how did you come up with your usernames uh, so michi is from back in 1997 ish i was role playing online because that's what we used to do in the day on like mm-hmm. chat rooms as sailor neptune from sailor moon and her name is michiru and people nicknamed me michi and one of my best friends from that game continued to be my friend outside of it. And when I finally started going to conventions, like three years later, was just introducing me as Michi and it stuck. So I didn't even pick it for myself. <laughs> um, that's how nicknames yeah. go. <laughs> so that one is like a legit nickname more than it is like a username to me. Like, I don't feel like it's a, you know, that's why I came up with Coffee Tan because that's actually like a username, like a mm-hmm. gamer tag. Um, Coffee Tan. Uh, when I first got a PSP in like 2008, uh, you needed a username to sign up for the PlayStation store. And I was just like, well, I like coffee. I'll just add Tan to it. Cause like, it's like a cute version of like Chan and a lot of things. Like if you look up OS Tans, like it's like a humanized version of whatever the thing is. And I'm like, sure, I'm a coffee girl. That's what I am now. And that's what I put there. Um, It wasn't until a year later when I got a PS3 that I realized that name is your public gamer tag. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I guess everyone's just going to see this now. And then that also just stuck. Nice. Nice. Uh, So you're you're a fellow longtime Dragon Quest fan. How, how, How did you originally get into the series? Well, I was, let's see we go really far back (laughs) so i didn't get into rpgs on the nes i was playing things like uh mario on there and i was a little young anyway but when i got a sega genesis i got into rpgs my first one was fantasy star 4 which is still my favorite game ever uh so when i was a little older i went back because i didn't have a super nintendo uh i went back and played a bunch of the games that were on that and i think i probably played a couple of the dragon quest games but none of them really like stuck with me at the time because i was just playing like everything like old old final fantasies and whatever um but then my friend bought me dragon warrior 7 on playstation 1 for my birthday and this was in high school so (laughs) quite a while ago um and i just got completely hooked i don't know what it was it was just something about dragon warrior 7 just got me and i got so deep into it and then definitely went back and played some of the older games and then you know a couple years later eight came out and then it just got worse from there (laughs) (laughs) so uh what are some of your favorite games in the series like mainline spinoff my favorite mainline is four which funny enough the only version of that i've beaten is the nes version (laughs) oh but it being at the end of the life cycle, like it's got so much uh, just, you know, personality, mm-hmm. even though it's 8-bit sprites, like there's just so much story. Like the ending, the 8-bit ending 
like montage thing made me cry. So like <laughs> you get so attached to those characters with just the little bits you get in the NES. Yeah. Um, and then later, you know, they got developed into even more like rounded characters as time went on. Um, so four, I have very good special place for seven is still very dear to my heart as it was the first one that really you know, like started all this. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 is very important to me for many reasons. It's, I think objectively the best one. <laughs> and it was the first Dragon Quest game I officially as an employee worked on. So it's special that way. Uh, and then I, for spinoffs, I really, really do love Heroes. Um, Heroes 2 is a fantastic game. Um, and Builders 2 is a fantastic game. Lately, the spinoffs have just been like on point. <laughs> well, they <laughs> really have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Liam, how have you liked those two games? Uh, which games? The, the Builders and Heroes games? Builders 2 and Heroes 2. Oh, you throw me <laughs> under the bus, huh? Um, <laughs> Heroes Two came out when I was in Japan, and I didn't get I didn't get enough time into it before I came back and like was a dad, basically. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and uh, uh, Builders Two, um, same thing. I absolutely loved these games, and I had a really good time playing about uh, ten hours of each. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but and, and I the the builders fan base you see them on, on on facebook especially they've got um these amazing builds that they that they post pictures of and uh platy and i joke about this all the time because like the base our, our our building skills are regulated to just uh basic dirt castles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming and up I, with these and like, by uh, castle we mean um rectangular prism <laughs> yeah, exactly. A rectangular box with a door that's made yep. of straw. And uh <laughs> um but but the the people on the builders Facebook group, they come up with these amazing, you know, giant cathedrals and huge castles and everything and it's really some amazing um stuff. One of the guys we had on uh not too long ago, uh, Ben XC actually just recently completed his um entire build of the o- of the, not Ocarina of Time, uh, Link to the Past map. Oh, including yeah. Including all interiors of the dungeons, so you yeah, can like, to, like oh, go wow. in. What? Or, yeah, he went. He went underground and and built every single underground dungeon as well. That is outstanding. <laughs> yeah. I saw the early version of that when he had like just made like the first town. Yeah, I have not caught up with it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I did see that. Yeah, it was within the past week he was posting about that. It's yeah, been I great to you... see that series really take off because I thought I thought, oh great, you know, it's really nice that they're gonna release it here. And it'll do it'll do okay, just like I'm sure I'm sure the fans in the gaming press will really enjoy it. But but two especially has moved well beyond anything that I thought it I thought it would here. And I'm just like, yay. It's always <laughs> it's always nice to see more uh Dragon Quest fans. I was at I was at Kroger the other day and I was wearing uh, a slime shirt and one of the em- employees was, was like i love i love dragon quest <laughs> i'm like oh this is outstanding i've never what? i've never seen one of you in the wild <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm happy we got uh builders 2 onto steam because i feel like that's really going to help expand the audience since you know similar block building games are popular on pcs <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if you want to talk about that later just uh just having uh, having a Dragon Quest on Steam in general is kind of it's kind of one of those pretty new things, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that's if that's something the American side of things just uh, Japan uh, just decided to push that for the American side of things or what I don't know. And Xbox recently Dragon yep. Quest Eleven that's mm-hmm. that that was uh, that was 
pretty outstanding and, and shocking too, because uh, I don't think that that's the first Dragon Quest on Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. And there are, and I know there are not a whole lot of Japanese X- Xbox fans. Yeah, compared to here. Yeah, it's never really been a leading system over there. Right, right. I think a grand total of maybe five five people. I, I think <laughs> for a while, Japan had as many wow. Xbox owners as there were American Dragon Quest fans. So I think it's, it's evening out. <laughs> uh, that seems more fair. That's the joke I used to make is that whenever I left Japan, because I lived there for a little bit and would, you know, going back and forth a lot, I said, every time I left Japan, now, now there's only like three Jewish people, probably. <laughs> when I come back, there's like four. Great. <laughs> You're a significant percent of the uh, local population. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any favorite uh, characters or monsters? Um, my favorite design is the female hero from 4. Uh, character-wise, Silvando is definitely at the top from 11 uh, and Veronica. I love almost the entire cast of 4. Just I feel like it has the most like robust and fun cast. Like I just love everybody. Like I don't really have, well, except for like... Uh, I forget his English name, but Alina's um, wizard tutor guy. Oh, oh uh, Bray. Borea, Borea or Bray. Oh, yeah, he's Borea now. Yeah. I was going to say Bray, and I was like, uh, I don't remember if that's what they call him anymore. <laughs> that's the problem with playing <laughs> what the game. what I so call like, him. Yeah. I think it's the problem started... playing it. Uh, playing... <laughs> I played it on the NES, and then I played it in Japanese on DS, and then, you know, in the Heroes and stuff, you you have the new localization names, and I'm just like, I can't keep anything straight. <laughs> this is uh this is what i do since they did ragnar mcryan i just uh i just keep the uh, the uh, original name as their last name do you put a mick in front of it mm-hmm. so yep. McBray. right <laughs> oh hey that works what other characters uh bianca <laughs> hey, i love bianca for five i will i will fight for bianca anytime yeah, Bianca's great. Yeah, Can she is brain of, brain of pain. Uh, is that? And then, of course, monsters. I I mean, I don't have to tell anybody that I like slimes. <laughs> but I especially love cure slimes, regular slimes. And then outside of slimes, I love killing machines, golems, and mimics. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So in Dragon Quest games, what kind of, like, mechanics do you really um enjoy in that like uh monster collecting job classes casinos whatever i guess sort of job classes but more like i just like because even in the games that don't specifically have like jobs you can switch to i just in most rpgs i really just like watching the stats go up and see what new things my party learns you know um yeah, I haven't really like if people ask me like what I like about Dragon Quest. I'm like, I don't know the like, overall of feeling of them. Like <laughs> there's just something about them that's always just like so hard to put your finger on Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about Dragon Quest. I like that every Dragon Quest game has slimes. Is that a mechanic? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because I've you know, I've played Dragon Quest forever. I played them all. And one of um I, I write for rpgamer.com. And the owner of the site just recently did an atelier. Like, here's every game in the atelier universe, all broken down into little pieces. And, you know, if you're looking for this kind of combat, do this. Or if you're looking for this kind of gameplay, this. And I mentioned, I said, wow, this would be great to do for other ones. She's like, oh, I already tagged you as doing the Dragon Quest one. <laughs> she goes, don't worry. So I, I she set up a page and I started editing in the past couple weeks. And I'm like, holy cow, like, there's... 
you know, aside of grouping the main titles together, like we've got like 10 different groups of side entries and there's so many different things. You know, you can mm-hmm. be swinging your remote, you can be zinging <laughs> across with rocket slime and if you want some Zelda gameplay or something. Yeah, there's so many. It, it was kind of ridiculous. I just kept going and kept going, kept going down the page. I'm like, I'm going to be writing this for months. <laughs> <laughs> it just like no matter which game you play, it still has that feel. You know, mm-hmm. I use that in quotes, that feel yeah. where you can pick up like three or four on the NES or, or you can play one of the new ones and it'll still it it's it's modern it still it still improvises and improves but it still has that feel and that's it still feels like a Dragon Quest game should and it's just easy to pick up and play and enjoy mm-hmm. agreed so if you could take any three mainline series characters into battle who would form your party and why mm. When I was playing four, just have so like the idea is like I'm the heroine, right? Like in the other three are coming yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked having the party of Olina, uh, Maya, and Mina, just because it was so like nice and rounded. But if I wanted to pick something that wasn't just the same game, I would pick Serena from Eleven, but specifically, no spoilers from the middle of the game. Okay. For reasons yeah, I won't yeah, say. Act, act, act two. Act two, Serena. Uh, I could just have her and that's it. And then uh, Alina <laughs> and let's see, Serena, Alina, we've got a fighter, we've got a magic powerhouse and hmm, I have a monster. I have like a killing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so you spent some time living in Japan a few years back. Can you tell us about your experiences there and how long you were there? Yeah, actually, I spent a year studying abroad there in college which was the most amazing experience of my life. I got to live with a family and, you know, not only did they not speak English, but my Japanese classes at college did not have any English in them either. And it was like the most, I learned more Japanese. I had about two years in college before that, um, four semesters of Japanese, plus just a lot of self-study. Just having that full immersion was like priceless like i'll never get to do that kind of thing again Uh, it was Um, kind of like that episode of the simpsons except not not in french yeah (laughs) well they went to japan in the simpsons too yes (laughs) but yeah um i spent that year there um it definitely boosted my slime collection because now i could just go into stores and buy them (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, Dragon Quest was popular, so it was actually in all the stores, and everybody actually knew what it was. Because this was, you know, mid-2000s, and it just was not as big at all over here. Yeah. They, um, are they, yeah. Uh, are they uh, encouraged and enabled your addiction? Yeah, it just got worse. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah. just, I'm just imagining you with a suitcase full of slimes coming back I mean, to the U.S. <laughs> I uh, I did have to like ship boxes back like before I left because I was just like there's no way this is all gonna fit. Uh, I have comparison photos of like my slime collection before I left and my slime collection when I got back from even just my first semester. Uh, but yeah, um, and then I've spent I've gone back almost every year since for usually about a week or two. Sometimes I've done a couple of times where I've spent a month, a month and a half there, and when you're there that long, you feel like you're just temporarily living there again. Um, but yeah, I, I am very lucky that I have a job that not now, but occasionally will send me that way. Uh, and it's, it's great. It's really nice. And I do really love the country and the 
pop culture, obviously, because it's what got me my job. <laughs> <laughs> so how has it been? Is it what, how is it different maybe before the pandemic when your job would send you over there? Um, so I got to go to Japan for work for uh, two different things. Mm-hmm. I got to go during the Dragon Quest Eleven campaign when we went over and filmed a few things that ended up on the Dragon Quest YouTube channel, including um, the interview with the producer and director, the interview with Horisan, and then uh, we did the Dragon Quest VR coverage, <laughs> which is just me and my coworkers looking making fools of ourselves because <laughs> <laughs> watching people play VR is like the dorkiest thing in the universe. <laughs> um, it's better than actually playing the VR. Yeah. Just watching people like <laughs> slashing things that aren't there. Um, so we got to do that. And that was like the most amazing trip ever. Cause it was just, it literally was like, you know, it was very short. It was barely a week, but it was just dragon quest every day. Cause we also went to the dragon quest festival and, um, that interview with the producer and director was filmed at Luida's bar in the special private room downstairs that you can rent out, I believe for karaoke. And then we sang oh, karaoke wow, there afterwards. That. So that was the most amazing thing. Um, <laughs> and got the food like from Luita's bar de- uh, delivered down there. Uh, and then the second time was later the same year. Um, I went to cover Tokyo Game Show. And that was great. It was not my first time at Tokyo Game Show either. It was just getting to be on the other side of it was pretty cool. Cool. Uh, for those who uh, who might not know, that's kind of like their, their, uh, their E3. Yep. And don't they open up the last day to the public? So it's four days. The first two are industry only and the last two is open to the public and the tickets are like less than $10. So there's a lot of people <laughs> like it's nothing oh, wow. like E3. Where it's like uh, what? I don't even know what the prices are. It's in the hundreds. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's literally like 1200 yen, which is like barely, you know, 10 bucks ish. And yeah, the, you'll see if you've seen pictures, there's like lines that go on forever. And it's during some of the most humid days of the year, so it's miserable. Oh, <laughs> <But> that's... People... <laughs> Whoever uh, planned that, he, that is an uh, evil genius. <laughs> I mean, when you're inside, it's fine, because they've got, you know, blasting the AC. But And sometimes it's okay, because uh, some of the times I went there earlier on on my own, uh, like I went there when I went for college, uh, there have been times where it's been fine, but sometimes, you know, the summer lasts a little longer. And it's awful. <laughs> okay, um, just let's get let's get a certain um, kind of framework for awful here. What is <laughs> what is awful uh, in a uh, for a summer in Japan? Uh, summer in Japan is awful because it's extremely humid and mm-hmm. warm, and then sometimes it also rains. <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's Florida. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what is... I've never been to Florida, so I don't know. Okay, what is uh, what is the average like high and low? Oh goodness, I don't know. It's probably. In the nineties. Oh, okay. Mid in the nineties. So that's, yeah, that's right now. <laughs> right now in Japan, and it being mid-August, it is ninety-six degrees. Okay. Okay. So like, and... uh, so like here in here in Houston. Okay. Hell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like almost noon in Japan right now, and it's ninety-three degrees there. Oh wow. Um, and there's yeah. thunderstorms coming later this week, so that's cool. But I'm from California, born and raised, so I'm used to dry heat. <laughs> The first time I felt humid heat was when I went to Baltimore in high school. <laughs> and I just, I'm not used to it still. I, the summer I spent in Japan was as much as I loved being there. I was just like, this is, I need to stop. Like I've visited for Tokyo Game Show so often. I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> I actually I was, had the, I had the opposite. I was in, in 2016, 
uh, I was going over to uh, to meet my girlfriend at the time who um, I was a- about to propose to. But like I so I'm I'm flying over in August. There's nobody on the plane because nobody wants to fly to Tokyo in August. <laughs> so I got to like stretch out for 14 hours on like like empty seats next to me and just like lie down. Oh, sweet. That's um, a good and it, it, yeah, it was brutal. Um, my my wife has a, a, an umbrella specifically for the sun. <laughs> Yes, and uh and most of the people in tokyo i saw them like just basically like keeping to wherever there was shade so if you had to walk out of your out of your way to get somewhere on the sidewalk like you just walk wherever there's shade um one of the times i went to e3 um the high was 82 and there was a dude on the news saying uh uh, I just have to get to uh, to the beach or stay in the the AC on a hot day like today. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? You, you poor ignorant fool! <laughs> I was I was born and raised raised in the fire. You know, you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I live on the coast in Los Angeles, and I could not live inland because it is so much worse, like temperature wise, for everybody else inland. Like it's 75 degrees where I am right now, but like my friend that lives much more ing- inland and it's, you know, it's almost 8 p.m. here. Uh, it's like in the mid 80s for some of the people I know that live inland. So I, I looked out where I live. So I got to see you cosplay in person at Square Enix uh, in New York Comic Con and PAX East a few times. Um, I know you design and create all your own costumes. So what was your first Dragon Quest cosplay? My first one was actually jessica from eight. Oh yeah and it, i'm always part of me like doesn't like that because i feel like people are gonna think that i didn't get into the series until eight not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that but i didn't <laughs> uh partially because i was able to get uh, a friend to do angelo with me and i dressed up my little brother as the hero <laughs> <laughs> and nice. there's still those photos somewhere but yeah that's the first one i did just because you know it was the most accessible game and i could get my friend to like check it out and maybe cosplay it with me versus because it was the first 3d one it was a big deal at the time Mm -hmm. um so that costume was it was like a year after the game came out in english so like i think early 2007 uh yeah and then from there i just i've cosplayed from uh, i have to look at a list of all the games to remember i've cosplayed from two three four five seven eight uh eleven sort of (laughs) builders builders two heroes heroes two i think that's it yeah Cool. So one of the funny things about about the uh, the uh, Jessica cosplay, uh, just it, it's always it's always fun when cosplayers kind of find their uh, their character that just like that uh, that uh, that costume just like fits them. And I thought uh, and I thought you really look like Jessica, and mm-hmm. apparently Japan thinks so too because when I was when I was doing shrine research and stuff and I was I was looking for. Uh, I was looking for uh, Dragon Quest stuff in Japanese. Whenever I would do uh, an image search, your picture as Jessica would pop up when I would search in Japanese. Oh my god! <laughs> All the time. Just like it did not matter what I searched for, what character I searched for. Just like there you were, and and it's funny. I got so uh, uh, so used to it. It's just like it would. It's like another logo picture. Just like okay, well there's oh 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 there's Michi. I'll just keep on keep on scrolling. See what else I can find. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of so, like to redo it. It's been forever, but uh, uh, something yeah. else a cosplay you've done is uh, is uh, Ranma, in which yeah. is 
It was so nice because nobody remembers Ranma one one half. That was I the remember manga I read. That was the first anime I read. I love Ranma. It was one of my early ones too, and it's still one of my top favorites. Um, yeah, I had a whole group of Ranma characters because we're all old, and I wanted to cosplay from it. Ranma was one that I wanted to do for years, and I was so happy to finally cosplay as him slash her because I was girl Ranma. And I. Would- <laughs> Like I will still hold firm to uh, to my point that uh, that uh, Akane does not deserve Ranma. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. So are there are there any uh, cosplay characters that um are, are there any games that you haven't cosplayed yet as that you or characters that you want to in the future? Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to completely revamp my four heroine costume at some point because I did that quite a bit ago and I feel like I could do her better justice because I love her so much. Um, I want to, I bought fabric to make Louita Patty from how she looks in the Heroes games um, from Nine, but I have not had any reason to make any new costumes lately. Um... What else? My friend and I kind of wanted to do um, Barbara, Ashlyn, and uh, Mireille from Six, but that's just kind of an idea, whereas I actually have fabric and a wig for Louita. <laughs> and I don't know, I just love everybody, so I kind of, I really want to cosplay a char- couple of characters from Ten, and um, there's one named Seraphie who is a heel slime turned into a human, which is great, because I am a cure slime turned into a human. <laughs> so I feel like it'd be a good match. And uh, Mayu, who's a ogre in that game that i love and i would love to cosplay her somehow uh yeah and i want to do i don't know more stuff related to slime somehow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd say slime is probably tough to cosplay as yeah well i had an idea for like a like slime dress with like a little like lolita style crown as a king slime crown um and i had a slime bikini design at one point but i don't know if i would ever actually do it (laughs) Speaking of E3 again, um, way back when, uh, back at the Nintendo booth, they had these costumes of Kirby and Pikachu that they're just these big, like, poof ball uh, type of things. So I would I would make these dumb poses by them, <laughs> not realizing that there were actually people in them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, when they got up and moved, I was like, oh, oh dear, well, security's getting called on me today. But... But like you could probably do one of those as a slime, and it'll probably in, it'd be totally cool. <laughs> just, I'll figure just something like, out. Bounce around the convention center. Yeah. Well, or slime night. <laughs> like ten years ago, my friends and I did a Dragon Quest Five group where one of my friends was a slime knight. Oh. And, oh really? Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen yeah. that photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, he took one of those big like exercise balls with the handle on it. Oh, that's fantastic! And that's covered really it with fabric, great. so he was able to like actually bounce on it yeah, <laughs> and hold on to it. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, what was it like gathering the uh, all-female entourage for Dragon Quest Three cosplayers? That was so much fun. Um, <laughs> I so I had wanted to cosplay the warrior design from Three for ages, but I would never wear that by myself because that character is in a battle bikini. <laughs> so I was like, I at least need to get some of their friends to do it, and I convinced a few just by because the. The female job designs in that game are actually like really cute and colorful. I mean, everything in that game is really cute and colorful as far as like the character design. So it wasn't too hard to convince a bunch of girls to cosplay from it with me. Uh, The first time we did it, I didn't 
finish my warrior in time. So I just dressed as the hero instead, which worked out just fine because we had four people. So we looked like a little team of four. Um, then I got the full cast group of the original game um, at a bigger convention later in the year. And then a year later, we got a friend as the thief. So we ended up with a actually full cast. <laughs> wow. And I remember that photo shoot too. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, I should really post cool. photos from that again because I that was good times. And it's nice when uh, it's nice when shoots like that gain uh, gain traction because you all, you would always see the same like full, uh, full Metal Alchemist or like Naruto people, but like not only do you see oh hey Dragon Quest people sweet um, uh, when they're popular it also it also gets the games out there and so it's like yeah. oh these characters are cool I'll go check out the game cool. Did everyone uh, did everyone in the group pick a character and, and design their own costumes, or did you handle the majority of that? Um, everybody picked their own characters. Usually, I would like recommend something and show them like all the different ones that were available. Um, but everybody picked their own, and everybody made their own costumes. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was really, really well done. Yeah, thank you. I'll pass that on to the girls. <laughs> um, so you, we, we mentioned this before. You often post photos of your massive slime plushie collection. <laughs> Do you have any particular favorite slime plushies? Not to make any of them jealous. Um, <laughs> I have one that is signed by Yuji Hori, so that one's pretty special. Wow. And I am I'm very fond of the Cure Slimes, the big Cure Slimes in my collection. Or not Cure Slime, Peel Slime. There's one Cure Slime in my collection. They have not made a modern Cure Slime yet. Um, I have a big old Heel Slime that's big enough to, like, hug, and I love him. And... Uh, I'm like Liam. looking at some of them that are in the room right now. Yeah. Like I like a I mean, lot you, of them. Yeah, you've even got the sleeping versions of them. So like, yeah. if you cast a sleep spell on them, they fall those, asleep. Those three live a, above my bed because I felt like that was the perfect place for them. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of counting sheep, you're counting slimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Until they posted, fall in the middle yeah. of the night. And freak out. <laughs> I posted a picture of my uh, slime hammock that's above my bed which currently needs to be redone because I took everything down for that giant photo I took a couple months ago. And that got traction on Twitter and people who had no idea what it was were like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. And a lot of people were like, how can you smile, like sleep with all those smiles? And I'm like, they're, they're not facing me. They're above me. I'm not looking at them. I'm below them. They're in a hammock on the ceiling. And besides that, it doesn't yeah, bother me. They're slime. <laughs> I have had a bunch of porcelain yeah. dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I've had room setups where they have been like facing me and I'm like, I don't, it's slimes. I wouldn't collect like <laughs> this much of it if I was freaked out by their smiles. <laughs> what are some of the rarest ones that you have? I have, so actually um, in searching for merch myself, like through Yahoo Auctions Japan, I discovered that I have a couple that are worth quite a lot now. I have these two slime plushies that are this pink, metallic, sparkly look. Uh, they were for a Dragon Quest for Girls. That's literally the name of it event in, <laughs> I think, 2011, 2010, 2010, or not 2000, 20, 2000, yes, 2010. Trying to figure out what number I was saying in my brain. Um, they had a special event where there's just all this like pink slime merchandise, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and they made plushies. They made a small version and a medium version. And I went to Japan um, in late 2010 when they happened to have like overflow from that event at the Square Enix character shop. So I bought these and then I looked online and they're like between, you know, 70 and $100 for one of them. And these are just regularly pushed. They were regularly priced at the time. So apparently those are extremely rare now. And aside from them, I have a few really old ones. 
like I think the oldest plushie in my collection is from 2003. So at this point, that's rare. But yeah, the most rare are definitely the sparkly pink ones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You even have the uh, the size medium uh, she slime, which I've never seen available. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I find ways to collect all sorts of different slimes. Oh, and like the, they had a, the 25th anniversary ones. Like anything that was limited edition, basically, and isn't in regular production, I guess, would be more rare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so just getting back to the conventions a second. So how much uh, work goes into putting a Square Enix convention booth like in New York Comic Con or PAX together? A lot. <laughs> we, <laughs> um, the booths, so we have an events team, and they are fabulous. I love them. Um, and they are at like, I met that. So I can talk about this later, not at all, because I'll just ramble. But <laughs> before I got hired at Square Enix, I was doing events with them, as you mentioned, seeing me at uh, New York Comic Con and PAX. And so I met the events team very early on. And there are a few of those people still work at Square Enix, which is just great. And some of the marketing people that I met back then still worked there when I started working there. Um, the booths are a mix between the events team and the marketing team, figuring out what games we're going to show off, um, what kind of activations we're going to have at the booth, like if there's going to be a photo wall or like, you know, autographs or whatever it is. And then we all figure out how that's going to look. And obviously, like the bigger ones are a lot more work, like E3. Um, when it was E3, that's probably the most that I was part of something was my first year there working on Dragon Quest XI. We were designing like the whole process for the Dragon Quest XI demo where you go into a little theater room and you watch a presentation video on it and then you go play. And the inside of the theater room looked like the dungeon that you get thrown into at the beginning of the game in Eleven. Oh, nice. And uh, when you came out of the dungeon, it was just this beautiful um, Heliodor-like vista there in front of you. Um, and it was blown up to like, you know, very large walls proportioned. Um, we did not have any high-res screenshots of that big enough to print correctly. So oh, I personally oh went in and took screenshots that could be stitched together. And it's about like, I don't know, it was like a hundred screenshots where wow. I just like took the camera, took a picture, went up a little bit, took a picture, went up a little bit, took a picture. <laughs> and those all got stitched for our wonderful creative services team. And then awesome. it was printed onto these things. So <laughs> sometimes there's a lot and sometimes it's just like, oh, wait, this is our design. And then, you know, the there's companies that specifically make convention booths uh, and oh, they I didn't know that. Yeah, and they make them. Like, a lot of these companies tend to put on, like, other events. And, like, like if you go to San Diego Comic-Con, there's, like, special stuff popping up outside. Like, a lot of, there's companies that just, that's just what they do. Like, they help. I'm, I hope they are doing okay because there are no events right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so while they put up the thing for us, like, sometimes we'll be like, well, here's what art we need to put on these walls. And this is what kind of walls we need. And this is, you know, stuff like that. So there's a lot. <laughs> That goes into them. Like whenever I hear we didn't have high enough resolution screenshots, it's just <laughs> that as 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 an illustrator and graphic des, uh, designer, that is that just sends a lightning bolt of terror through my heart. <laughs> it's like, oh no, no. It's definitely the most like labor intensive thing I did that like nobody would know that somebody had to do that if you looked at the booth. <laughs> But it came out really nice, so I'm okay with it. And that, and going the extra mile like that, just to just to have something that looks nice, because mm -hmm. you can just stick up a demo and just like, hey, you guys, play it. I'll play yeah. it, enjoy it, write an article if you want. But <laughs> I'm I'm glad that people are now going through all the effort 
to make something special and i'll get into that later so yeah it's it is it is definitely uh it is definitely appreciated by the fans even though like the fans might not mention it as much but yeah it's definitely appreciated yeah and uh Dwayne, i know you had a question a question about convention swag i just want to make sure we get that in there too yeah, so like I was wondering, so so when you just like how do you decide just like what do I want to do here? Do I want to have a do I want to have a poster? Do I want to get some merchandise ready? Do I want to make like a bag or something like that? How do you get the clearance from all the the rights people for the images and do you go through licensing and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so there is definitely that's actually part of like part of my job for a long time was deciding what kind of things we wanted to do at the events for the titles, um, whether it was going to be like a, um, some sort of contest or a giveaway, if I could help with that. Um, a lot of times marketing decides what they want to give out. Um, posters is usually what we do. Like almost every game that we put out at a convention, you'll find those double-sided posters for because they're great. Yes, and they're with that really nice. full... Yeah. <laughs> that full unobscured artwork. Yeah. At three hundred plus DPI. <laughs> Delicious. But yeah, those those are pretty standard. Um, so like, okay, I'll use actual examples. At last last year, God, it was two years ago now. The time has no meaning. Um, we at one of our events, we gave out uh, the luminary mark tattoos to put on, like temporary tattoos to put on your hand, like in Dragon Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. and. We came up with that idea, like it was me and marketing on Dragon Quest Eleven, and we basically like found a vendor, get those made, and then get them approved by the team in Japan, and then you know basically just give those out at the convention. However, we're going to give them out. Um, sometimes, like that's another thing we work with the events for, like making sure we have space to do something like that if we're going to do more than just posters, because posters just usually go at the demo kiosks or we have someone handing them out. But if we're going to do something more, then we need, you know, to make room for that. Like um, Final Fantasy XIV always does their T-shirts for beating the boss. And those take up a lot of room in our backstage area. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we have to figure that all out pretty far ahead of time, like what we're going to have. And if it doesn't go on the truck that goes to the event, um, we basically have to bring it ourselves. Like when we had um, Hori-san out a couple of years ago, I at one point carried a bunch of the tickets with me in my luggage like the tickets you had to get to come back for the signing <laughs> because <laughs> wow. we got them printed so late so like stuff like that happens a lot so uh so are there are there any ideas that you really really liked i think i think i think people will really enjoy this but corporate was like no nah, we're not doing that I feel like a lot of the things happen where we'll come up with an idea and it'll sound like so great and then something just gets in the way Mm -hmm. like it's difficult with you know it's just it's a business and it's sometimes stuff just doesn't work out even if you thought it was going to sometimes like partnerships fall through in the end um i can't think of many things where we've just been outright told no usually we'll like try to present it in a way that makes sense like the cultural divide is there for sure Mm -hmm. because american events are quite different from Japanese events. Um, i trying to think, is there anything that I like wanted to do and we didn't do? There was like merchandise we thought about doing early on for DQ11 that didn't happen, like giveaway stuff that didn't happen, but it's not because it, we were told no. It's usually like um, we, couldn't kind of, we couldn't come up with a design that, you know, everybody could agree on or like the vendor dropped out or whatever it is. Like it's always like the most, you know, it could be any reason. I think a lot of the time it's not so much that we're told no so much as 
just we couldn't come to an agreement. <laughs> like all stakeholders need to be on the same page. And that can be difficult, not just for, you know, convention ideas, but for lots of things when it comes to our company. Okay. Um, going back to uh, just the uh, the poster thing for uh, for a second, a lot of the posters are Akira Toriyama artwork. Mm -hmm. And I know... I know rights can be a little <laughs> weird with that sometimes. So do you have, and this is a, like, these are things that I've heard kind of here and there from different, uh, from different people. Um, what is it like just getting the rights to use an image in certain, in certain places? Do you, are you allowed rights and just like, do, uh, do they give you an, an, an image and they say you can use it here, here and here and nowhere else or, or what? Or do you Sometimes, need it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really depends. The interesting thing about Square Enix, I feel is that because it used to be two different companies, the like rights holders can be so different across the board for different titles. And this isn't a secret, like just look at our copyright lines. Like <laughs> yeah. sometimes they're very long. Paragraph of copyright. Yeah. Um, like, okay, for Final Fantasy, that's usually very easy because we have mm -hmm. all the rights to it. Like <laughs> we don't need to get someone else's permission for like putting a cloud plushie out. We just need to check with like one marketing team, you know? Mm -hmm. But Dragon Quest has separate <laughs> licenses for the music, the artwork, and then the games, which are ours. But the art is all Shueisha and Bird Studio and Toriyama. And the music is all Sugiyama Kobo. So what it means is anytime we do anything, it just has to go through more approvals. Like we just have to make sure like we have to give enough lead time to get everybody on board. <laughs> And, and like some things just like you only have, I'm sure you only have so much of a budget, right? Yeah. And it depends. It changes from game to game. Um, sometimes uh, we will be given like an image and they'll be like, you can only use this for this. Like you can't use it for this or whatever it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> it can be, it can be Dragon Quest. It's definitely one of the more kind of difficult ones only because it's, not as easy as just like slapping something together and just sending one email to Japan. Like we have to have, we send something to Japan and then our Japan office sends it to, you know, Sugiyama Kobo and they talk and then they get back to us or the Japan office sends it to Shueisha and then they get back to us. So yeah, it's, it can be a lot of work sometimes. Oh yeah. And if, it, and if an email gets uh, uh, delayed or like lost in the chains somewhere, I imagine that can be a huge pain, yeah. especially so if you're on a deadline. So but... you can't really like, uh, do anything last minute <laughs> yeah at all <laughs> when it comes to that um whereas some titles you can but dragon quest not so much and if it's something that isn't like specifically toriyama artwork or anything with music it's usually fine like we had a lot of anything we have that's like a little clip of a game or whatever like that just has to be approved by uh the main team in japan you know like it's not as bad <laughs> Okay. But yeah, for doing those posters, yeah, those have to go through quite a few approvals. And and I've noticed I've noticed something actually kind of kind of major in regards to that. And that's the and that's the Dragon Quest Illustrations art book. Mm -hmm. Is I've I've noticed um, just like certain words are completely romanized out when mm -hmm. it's a katakana word. I'm just like that's <laughs> it's dragon, not dolragon. Mm -hmm. um, but I noticed it's uh, Square Enix is mentioned. Just like the games are by Square Enix, but the yeah. Dragon Quest logo is nowhere in the book, <laughs> and and um, and just like it seemed, it seemed very much to be jump jump in Toriyama's thing, and yeah. I don't I don't recall uh, the official Square Enix 
um, marketing ever mention it. Nope. It's because it was all Shueisha and Viz, who Viz is under Shueisha, I believe. Um, yeah, they, that was completely produced on their end. Um, we did, so we have, we have friends at Viz, and we did um, some combined giveaways. Like, we sent them some copies of the game, and they sent us some art books, and we did um, giveaways on... I think we did a screenshot contest for Dragon Quest XI, and then we did then that had I think an art book in it, and then we did a stream, a live stream, and that was one of the prizes. But it's not ours; like they don't have to ask us, especially not us, the American publishing company. But <laughs> yes, they just that's their own prerogative because it's all the Toriyama art. It's not any. There's no in-game screenshots. There's no anything like that in that book. And. Uh, and just like as a fan and as someone doing uh, doing marketing, is it tough to not be able to say, hey, there's this really cool art book that's out right now. And just like in an official capacity to say, hey, guys, <laughs> go buy this. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll like I'll do it on my own. Obviously, on like my personal accounts. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's very rare that we'll like sometimes we'll do like cross promotion, like with them. Viz put out the near Automata novels and we just kind of like did a little promo for them. But it was just all our it was just in like as a what's the word I want to say? It was just like a friendly thing rather than helping them really promote it, you know? You should become like the official Dragon Quest li <laughs> liaison and unite <laughs> everyone across continents. Oh, God. <laughs> Dragon Quest. No. <laughs> <laughs> so does that do you're talking about the approvals process does that come to like copy on the social posts as well it does so not as bad because the copy just goes through um the japanese marketing team usually and not always either like sometimes we can just do it like they just want to pretty much any images or video we run by them mm -hmm. um not always the text even though yeah it depends. Like <laughs> some some titles we do need to get full approval and everything. And some titles we build like a good relationship because there's so many like you've heard about like the business divisions at Square Enix. They are all very different. All right. Um, maybe getting or actually talking about Square Enix, too. Um, <laughs> I understand that wasn't your first job in the gaming industry, right? Correct. What did you work on before and how did you get to your dream job here? <laughs> so I... First, my first game industry job was how a lot of people start out. It was in QA. It was at a studio called Toys for Bob that is under Activision, and they did the Skylanders games, which were huge oh, cool. when they were first coming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while I was had that job in QA, I started helping out with playtests, which is more of a production thing um, rather than QA. But because I knew the game, I would sit in on them and help with them. And my experience with that um, helped me after that was done get a job at 2K for a little while doing play tests for them. I worked on Bioshock Infinite and oh. a handful of like mobile games. Um, I worked on Sid Meier's Ace Patrol um, and very briefly on the iPad version of XCOM and um, some games that nobody knows about because they're mobile titles. Like there's one called Haunted Hollow, <laughs> which is a kind of RTS ish game with um, classic horror monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just like for a couple years, quite a while ago, um, like at this point, seven years that I worked, uh, you know, seven years ago, I was at 2K. But um, this is my first job that I've held for this long in the industry and mm -hmm. uh, that I've been so passionate about and been like really part of, I don't know, so many different things. But I have I'm to glad, say that I'm really glad yeah. you're <laughs> I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. And it's also nice. It's also nice to see more 
Dragon Quest fans um, like working at Square Enix now. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Working at 2K and getting to do some production stuff taught me that I can work on video games, even not being an artist or a programmer. Because, <laughs> um, you know, growing up, you're like, oh, you know, you work on video games, you program stuff into um, <laughs> like to make the levels. And I'm like, I don't do that. And then I found out, oh, and now even better, I'm in publishing. Like that doesn't require any actual <laughs> like that kind of work. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Like all that all that stuff gets uh, gets dumped on me. oh and how i got the job at square enix Mm -hmm. so back in 2016 square enix decided to get some cosplayers to promote dragon quest builders um one of the marketing guys did that for star ocean earlier that year and it gave the dragon quest marketing manager the idea to do it for builders and the way that they did that was going through a popular cosplay site where they will like recruit cosplayers to come help be, you know, at these booths at conventions. And the person that runs that has been my friend for a million years. And he was like, there's a Dragon Quest thing. Like, (laughs) here you go, basically. (laughs) Um, So that was very cool because we uh, made the costumes and had to, you know, send off pictures to Square Enix and then got feedback from Japan and full approvals. So my girl builder from Builders 1 and my, um, oh gosh, what's her name in English? The female hero from Heroes 2. Uh, oh. So terrible. Shoot, Teresa? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those, are, those are like, you know, fully approved by Square Enix, which is cool as a cosplayer. Um, anyway, so doing that, I got to know the marketing team and the events team at Square Enix, and um, I did Builders with them at PAX West and New York Comic Con, and then I did Heroes 2 with them at PAX East the following year. And later that year, in 2017, as um, production was starting more on Dragon Quest Eleven or the campaign for the West, getting ready for the campaign for the West, because obviously we didn't announce it in 2017, <laughs> aside from its coming, um, they wanted a Dragon Quest community manager, because you know, Dragon Quest XI was the first big title in a long time. And because I had met and gotten along well with the marketing people, um, Neil, who now is known on Twitter for working on 7 Remake, um, he reached out to me and was like, there's a position that you might be interested in that we'd like to have you like come in and interview for. So that happened. <laughs> and then I got the job. <laughs> awesome. Um, Yeah, so I started at Square Enix as just the Dragon Quest community manager, and that was my job for the first several months after Eleven came out. I was social media for all of our Japanese titles, and then recently I switched over to, I now am, most of the posts you see on the at Square Enix account that has to do with a Japanese game, most of them are me, because that's what I do now. I basically represent the Japanese titles on at Square Enix. (laughs) So you're on Twitter all day. Yep. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, all those people that are like, take some time for yourself. Like, don't read social media all day. I'm like, I, I have to. <laughs> it must be very hard to sift through all that all that darkness. It's it, it. So the worst part is really only when you click like search and you have to see all like the trending stuff. If it wasn't for that, it would be fine. Because for the most part, all the trend. Because yeah. for the most part, I'm just looking at like video game accounts and news in the game industry, which is 
what I'm supposed to be paying attention to. But then I'll see like something about some nonsense on the right side of my screen. And I just have to like try not to focus on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember, I remember just, I, uh, I drew this picture a long, long time ago when Heroes was coming out because I felt so bad for, uh, for the poor social media manager that was doing <laughs> the, uh, all the marketing for Heroes because under every single Heroes post, there was, uh, uh, uh there were people asking for, uh, Dragon Quest Seven, uh, Rocket <laughs> Slime Three, and Dragon <laughs> Quest Monsters, and I just, I just drew, uh, I drew a helix like smoking a bunch of cigarettes, <laughs> and and just like the crown is like slightly askew, and with a bottle of uh, of a uh, Kraken liquor, whatever liquor that is, going like they won't stop. <laughs> just oh, stop that was yours okay yeah you posted that recently <laughs> he sent it to us just the other day yeah yeah that, that definitely happens sometimes it sucks because people will post stuff like that and i'll know what the answer is and i can't tell them right. <laughs> um final fantasy That's was really bad about no. it like uh so oh like i want to say like a year and a half ago we announced that a bunch of the Final Fantasy games were coming to the current generation, like, you know, 7, 9, 10, and et cetera. Um, but 8 was conspicuously <laughs> missing from that. So for months, anything we posted on Final Fantasy was, where's Final Fantasy 8? Why did you forget 8? <laughs> and we're like, it was planned the entire time. We just, because it was the remastered version and it had a little more work to do than the others, it just had to come out a little later and we couldn't announce it at the same time. And just uh, once that finally was announced, uh, people switched to other games, um, which is what they always do. Um, Dragon Quest hasn't been as bad, I feel like, lately. Well, shout out to Where's Dragon Quest Eleven for 3DS guy. That guy's <laughs> that guy's pretty vocal. Still, uh, still holding. An employee, uh, still holding I out hope. <laughs> like same. It's like same with ten. It's like I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure at this point ten is not coming. I could be wrong. Yeah. But it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> after a while, I used to bug Neil at the conventions about that. <laughs> after know, a while, yeah, oh yeah. After a while, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna shut up now. <laughs> like, and, and honestly, I think I think the reason why you're really not hearing much from Dragon Quest fans is that we're getting a good chunk of all the games now. Yeah, and the. Uh, and the social media and the marketing out there has been fairly transparent and positive. Yeah. So people don't really have a reason to be upset like they used to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think I mean, you've been doing you've been doing a great job. I have no thank you. <laughs> I have no, I mean, no problem saying that. I was hired. Deal too. <laughs> I was hired specifically to be the liaison between the community and the company in like the first place. And I hope I did an okay job of that. Um, It's, it is a a stark uh, contrast to where I was at, I was at E3 ages ago and the merger had just happened. Mm -hmm. And I asked about Dragon Quest and every single marketing person and PR person was like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The flagship franchise of your parent company. To be fair, (laughs) to be fair, like, we were the American version of our company was just Squaresoft. Like Enix, we aren't we weren't Enix. Like we were Squaresoft. So, like that's the only defense I can have for that. <laughs> but not knowing what Dragon Quest is, it's like, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I meant I imagine most of them were just were just PR people that were hired for the booth. Yeah. And didn't and didn't really know much past the games that they were given. Mm-hmm. So. 
So I mean, like, I get it, I get it, but still, but still, yeah. when when a merger happens and the entire side, you know, as small as the fan base <laughs> as it was, gets like completely, get like gets like completely shut out, it's just yeah. like, um, what's going on here? Are we okay? <laughs> yeah, I think we're at a good spot now. We're at a very good spot. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. eleven, especially on Switch, brought in so many fans, and um, the hero being in Smash, like, mm-hmm. has just exploded. Oh yeah, definitely. And we're getting so, the, uh. Uh, the mobile games that I I never thought that we would see. Yeah, um, it's funny because um, I that's the one funny thing about working at Square as a fan is that I learned about Dragon Quest of the Stars coming over way before we announced it, and I would see people being like, "Oh, we're never going to get this," and I have to sit there being like, "We are." <laughs> <laughs> um, which along those lines, do. I won't ask a question, but just since it's relevant news that I have seen <laughs> online. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Liam, you saw this that yeah. Dragon Quest Tac got a copyright in the United States. Uh, I thought it was in the UK. Oh, was it in the UK? I don't know. It it, it was in some English speaking country. So no question <laughs> there. No nothing. Just that's us on, on our Dragon Quest podcast pointing out that it, it has been seen. That, so, that but it's a news thing that I saw too. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> where's Dragon Quest Walk? Give us Dragon Quest walk. <laughs> hey, oh, we can't be walking around right now. You got to stay in your house and wear a mask. That's and this, very good point. This hey, is not. Hey, I hatched a 100% big on uh, two weeks ago. Powered it up all the way. That would have never happened had not had I not gone outside walking. And so I now I can destroy every Pokemon trainer in town. Did you see that? There's a cross promotion between the uh, Suntory, the uh, the liquor company, and uh, and Dragon Quest Walk for for Legacy Boss hoodies from the Roto trilogy. I saw nope. those. Like, <laughs> so they've like, got the Hargon jacket. Yeah, it's got like a Hargon hoodie, a Zoma hoodie with like the horns and everything, and the hood part, <laughs> and the Dragon Lord. And so to uh, um, I I retweeted this. Um, and I didn't translate the tweet, but then uh, Luchadork, uh, who we've had on the podcast as well, he he chimed in and said, here's what you have to do to enter it, and you just basically just retweet it with the, the Japanese hashtags, um, and uh, and you get your, you get entered into a chance to win one of these hoodies, so it was pretty cool. And you win one, they're, and they're like, we don't ship to. I was going to say, they're not going to ship that to you. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, have them, I'll just have them ship it to my mother-in-law's house. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. I'll fly over, pick it up, fly back. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, oh, that's actually I'm we're working on doing a baby tour in with my Japanese relatives. So like I have to now go through the process of getting a visitor visa. Um and now I have to do the COVID test like twice. Like oh, once before okay. I leave. So, the giant uh, so you're going with the baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You're just not gonna send it and have it tour around the <laughs> No, no, I'm yeah, sorry. Him. Crate with some holes in the box. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ship but yeah, so class. what's that? Ship him first class. To yeah. Tokyo. <laughs> so yeah, we're... Yeah, you don't want to have like an Ace Ventura type of type of situation. <sighs> it's been a while. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, um, so we have to go through like all these hoops. But yeah, I have to do that that COVID test twice. Once once before I leave, three days before I leave, and then once uh, when I get there, they won't let us leave the airport until like we have the test on it says we don't have it good so luck. it's gonna is be the fun swab and test or the down the throat test and there are two of them i think it's the like q-tip up the nose tickle That's the back bad. of the brain test yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not fun but it's not bad yeah oh we'll see i have allergies <laughs> <laughs> easing 
Um, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting trip because I, I, I'm used to going to Tokyo and going to all these great places like Artnia and Luida's Bar and um, Square Enix Cafe and Yodobashi Akiba and everything. Um, and now I'm just like, I'm kind of like terrified to go anywhere. So well, Japan's doing a pretty good job with it. And they are, yeah. yeah they have a but, lot more open, and everybody actually wears masks. And I saw recently, I think Square Enix Cafe posted something about how they're doing less um, reservations and making sure that they do a full cleanup, like in between. So we're like, if anywhere is going to be clean and sanitized, it's going to be Japan. <laughs> absolutely, I completely agree with you. But as a foreigner going there. There's definitely a yeah. stigma. According to my <laughs> wife, we are going to be like shunned and outcast. Oh, that too. See the New Yorkers who, who brought their their the, the you know their 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 virus with them. Well, you're <laughs> like not coming from Florida, person. so I mean, you're fine. Or L.A., you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, New York has their shit together now. Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe. <laughs> Uh, well, more more so than Florida. Yeah, I just keep reading these articles that are like New York's never coming back. It's like, okay. Maybe now that California's <laughs> on fire, we'll I'll actually stay inside and we'll actually get better at it. <laughs> I just like I was about to say, ah, California's always on fire. We're used to it. It it is. It's <laughs> mostly that's why I want to move there. Though. It's uh, so I I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I've only lived in LA for the last few years at this job. Um, LA is on fire and has earthquakes way more than the San Francisco area does. But the last couple of years, San Francisco has kind of not been so lucky with that because right now I think they're way more on fire than we are. Everything's on fire, <laughs> everything, literally and <laughs> and figuratively. I, yeah. <laughs> All right, so getting back to <laughs> that's probably one of the worst transitions we've ever had. So getting back to Square Enix. <laughs> what have you done that set the world on fire? Yeah. I'll set no, it no, so I, I, I know you created the Fan Made Friday on the social feeds to engage with Dragon Quest Builders 2 fan base. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, are there any other promotional initiatives you came up with that you're particularly proud of? Um, well, when we were doing 11, I did push fan art to begin with. Like I had to explain my concept to Japan and started posting the very little Dragon Quest XI fan art that existed (laughs) (laughs) Um, at the time. Because my thing was I could only post from non-Japanese artists because there's plenty of Japanese Dragon Quest art. Um, But I had to find people that were excited about XI and were doing art and they're from like Europe or America or whatever. Um, So we did that. And then when we shifted to Builders 2, I was like, oh, I can start sharing some of the Japanese builds and get people excited and then once the game comes out we can keep sharing them because you can upload them to the um builders gallery and we can do it that way um and i might try to convince now that i don't do specifically the channels i might poke at the team that does and be like we should do fan art friday again (laughs) um anyway so thing i'm really proud of let's see i mean i helped push the some of the contests that we did and um, at events specifically, and some of the live streams that we did for Dragon Quest XI. Just like the more like community-based outreach is stuff that I was very proud that I got to do. Um, the live streams I really loved doing because it, one of them, the game didn't even work, but we still had the live stream, and it was literally just me, Neil, and Jarek on the marketing team just talking <laughs> about Dragon Quest for two hours. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, but we is had that, a giveaway. I don't is know that what that sounds anywhere like. Anywhere that I can watch? 
Now, yeah, actually, I, <laughs> they're still on our Twitch channel, Screenix, um, okay. from late 2018. There's one where we're just talking, and then there's um, one where we're actually playing the game and making Dragon Quest XI gingerbread cookies because it was holiday time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like that kind of stuff I've really enjoyed. I was happy to help um, put those Dragon Quest in Japan videos out on YouTube. Um, Neil had the idea for going over to Japan and doing some dev interviews, but I pushed it to be also like, Dragon Quest VR and showing off like other things. Um, we have more video footage that hasn't come out, but we have to figure out if we can still use it at this point because it's kind of outdated. But awesome. yeah, so no, the actually, Dragon Quest VR thing was great. So yeah, I, convinced, I, I convinced the company to let me do VR as part of my job and talk about it. So that's awesome. cool. <laughs> what were, so what was the makeup of the party for, for VR? I actually did I did VR, but I was alone, so I had like a staff priest. Oh, so we have a. It was me and Neil, and then you'll see. You can see it in the video. Um, Amy, who is one of our translators at the company, and she's wonderful. Um, and then Ichikawa-san, who is basically the Japanese Neil, the marketing lead for the game over there. Um, so that was our party, the four of us, um, and <laughs> uh, we did not win. <laughs> I, I didn't either <laughs> it's very difficult it is very like, difficult yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think i've really seen anything from anyone that's won i heard of like one group that did at one point um dragon quest the real over at universal studios was a little easier yeah, i did that it twice. Was easier. Yeah, yeah i won once and then i lost a second time because we had like a small child that's one of our members <laughs> <laughs> are, there, uh, are there any plans to bring that out over here? <laughs> the, the real. The real um, the not that specifically. There, so like when we're planning how we're going to promote a game, there's definitely all sorts of ideas that get thrown out there and stuff that just doesn't happen. Um, I wanted to do a Dragon Quest uh, escape game for Eleven, and that never happened um, just because we had other things to focus on and budget was not endless. <laughs> <laughs> But we're always like throwing out ideas and it's just, um, I feel like people think of Square Enix as this like gigantic company, but we're really not. <laughs> there aren't that many of us compared to some other companies. So a lot of times it's just, you know, manpower and what we can actually manage to do. And we try our best and we care very much, even though everybody doesn't think we do. <laughs> we do what we can because we all yeah. really do we all really do love these games yeah especially if you go to the conventions and you talk to the marketing folks there you can tell you can yeah. you can tell there's a lot that goes into everything yeah so going going forward here uh what do you want to do in the future just like you did you guys did a great job with 11 and you mm. and you've been having lots of fun with the streams what's something that you would like to do or you would like to see uh, from a marketing perspective for mm. any for like any future games or or is there something that you just really really want to do um i feel Try. like I would, I would love to have more streams even though it's kind of difficult and it basically streams are so much work for not like a bunch of payoff so we don't do them as much especially right now <laughs> though i did do a builders 2 one by myself for work uh when it was on sale on steam <laughs> a couple months ago um those i just enjoy because they're fun and anytime we get to like talk directly with community i really enjoy um i'm sad that we can't go to events right now because a lot of things that i would like to do have to do with that and who knows when we can safely do that kind of stuff again um there are a lot of cool things japan has done that i would love to bring over here it's just you know most of the time i feel like the hurdle is budget and manpower <laughs> as much as yeah. we want to do things 
We just got to get Jeff Bezos or like uh, Elon Musk to become Dragon Quest <laughs> fans and just start like pouring money into yeah. all of these different projects. Yeah. Only Elon would have named his kid something a little bit more uh, DQ friendly. Yeah. Here's my <laughs> son, Erdrick Sword. Here's uh, here's what we do. Here's what we do. Liam moves to LA. Okay. He buys he buys Joe Rogan's house, which it's already has the podcast studio set up set up anyway. <laughs> he invites he invites Elon Musk over, and he gives him <laughs> he. Uh, he gives him some of that Joe Rogan weed that's probably he has stashed all over the house anyway. Okay. And, and we get Elon Musk really, really high, and we get him to start uh, start tweeting about Dragon Quest. That, that sounds and then something uh, uh, something will happen. I'm not sure if it'll be anything good, but it'll definitely be something. I mean, he has tweeted about Nier Automata before. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, well, let's uh, switch from... Uh someone who's a little bit more well-known to someone at least that we know a little bit more of. Um, what was it like meeting Yuji Hori in person for the first time? Um, so I actually met him in person for the first time in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, GameStop had a launch event for Dragon Quest VI on DS um, in Palo Alto, and I lived only like an hour away, so I came out for it. Um, and that's when I got my slime plushie signed by him. Um, so I had met him then and that was like the exciting, like, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. So two years ago when I met him again, it was like, oh, this is really cool to actually get to like work with him. But I wasn't as starstruck because it wasn't my first time meeting him. (laughs) Um, he is a very kind, humble man for being someone that literally is the godfather of JRPGs. Like you wouldn't know it talking to him. Like he's just chill guy who likes orange juice and old video games. Like (laughs) that's awesome. Would that be Langer's Orange Juice? Uh, (laughs) Is that that one company that just randomly had the DQ? Yeah, yeah. I scoured the entire East Coast looking for Langer's Orange Juice and I with the slime. uh, (laughs) I couldn't find it. I thought it it might have been a a West Coast thing. That's one of those just like marketing things that promos happen. We did one with the uh, frozen yogurt. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Menchies. I I actually went to one. I tracked one down in the Bronx in not the best part of the Bronx. <laughs> but like I that was the only menchies I could find. So I like I dragged my dad and I went like all the way there uh, and he like waited in the car and I went in and, and got my frozen yogurt with the <laughs> with the builder's uh, cup. Oh, yeah. I've got a stack of cups. I, I brought my family over and there was one. It was like right next to the house we had just moved out of. And drove back across town, and look at that. Yeah, I didn't live near one at all, and I wasn't working at Square at the time, so my friends got me cups <laughs> so that I could have some from the Builders uh, collab. That is, I was, I was going to go, but then I got sick, and I'm just like, I can't drive. I can't make the 15-minute drive to, oh, <laughs> to, no. get, to get the, uh, uh, the yogurt. yogurt, and then it's yeah. just going to make me sicker. And then and then just like the next time I could go the end the end of the promotion like I'm a bad fan <laughs> didn't do my part the franchise is gonna fail yeah it's all <laughs> your it's fault all my fault <laughs> just because you've missed your chance to get yogurt all you know what? we could have we could have had builders three by now but you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man I really hope that that's happens. my that's my burden to bear 
<laughs> I'll be the sin eater on that. Sorry. <laughs> so how was uh, how was Hori Sensei uh, to to work with from your perspective? You said he's very humble. Is he open to feedback and ideas, or um, does he more like uh, control the brand's direction? I feel like he is just kind of like he's there to keep things on the Dragon Quest track, but. As for like, you know, he'll work together with whoever the producers and staff are on the current Dragon Quest to make up the stories. Because um, I know he came up with like the original scenario for 11, but Uchikawa-san, who has done some scenario work for 9 and 10, um, he helped to develop the story together with him. So it's not like, I mean, there's so much dialogue and side stories. It's not like Kori-san is sitting there and writing all of this or something. Um, it's a very big group effort. It's a huge game. Um, he was very nice and very chill. He likes coffee and orange juice, like I said. And <laughs> I just remember that anytime we went out to dinner, he would order orange juice. And when we were in Japan and doing that interview, that's on the YouTube channel. Um, he had his, you know, coffee with him, which I approve of, obviously. <laughs> um, he's very nice. And he, uh, we were at dinner one time at Anime Expo and during a quiet time, I was like, can you sign my copy of Dragon Quest Four? Is that okay? And he was like, "Sure." Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so he's very nice. So I have um, a Famicom copy that has signed by him, and eventually I'm going to build a display for it, but I haven't yet. Nice. Yeah. Well, th thanks to you, Samantha. I actually got to meet Hori Sensei at the uh, in the summer of 2018 during the Dragon Quest Eleven demo for PS4 at Anime Expo. Mm -hmm. um, so how, how stressful was it to set up a con where a Dragon Quest creator was actually making an appearance? <laughs> um, that was particularly stressful for Anime Expo because, um, like I was talking about, you know, approvals and waiting on stuff. Like, we had been working on making that happen for a long time, but we couldn't announce it till all, like, the contracts were final with Anime Expo. So that's why it was announced, like, a week before. Um, but we couldn't help it. <laughs> uh, getting him over though like it's fine like um he's very chill and i don't feel like there are any big hurdles it was fun when he came out because he wanted to also spend some time like checking out la and i got to leave anime expo for a day and just go to disneyland with hori Sun and some of the other marketing people and the director for 11 and that was awesome um okay um are there <laughs> Are there pictures of you with Yuji Hori at Disney? Yeah, we went on Space Mountain together. You need to, you need to share us. That's amazing. Oh, man. Um, if you can share those for the YouTube version, much appreciated. I'll, I'll double check if I can. I probably can at this point. Um, yeah, we got to hang out with them. She posted them, actually. Um, Shoko Nakagawa, who is the voice of Alina and Heroes and Rivals, and was her in the stage show and is a huge Dragon Quest fan. Um she and nice. Hori-san are fans of each other. Um, we went to the concert that she had at Anime Expo um, and then got to hang out backstage with her, with Hori-san at his request. Like he wanted to see the concert to support her. And she met us at Disney and we all got dinner together. That's um, really awesome. So that was super awesome. And she's my age and we sat next to each other at dinner and we were just like talking about our old favorite anime like Imaginary Earth. And like <laughs> we're from <laughs> the same generation of anime fans. So that was really great. Um, I think that was one of the coolest parts of it. Just like getting to do normal things with people who just happen to create Dragon Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was an amazing time too. I much I, I can't thank you enough for for that opportunity to 
to meet, you know, I've been playing Dragon Quest since I was 10 years old to meet the creator, you know, 30 years later. Um, it was an absolutely amazing experience. So I actually traveled from New York for a day just to go to the convention and then like fly back same day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it was a lot of fun yeah but it was like one of those things where i just turned to my wife and we had a one-year-old at the time and i was like i have to go <laughs> and it was this big dramatic thing <laughs> and she's like i know you know it was like oh gosh yeah it totally was and i i was like surprised i was like i will make this up you know like we're trying to we're trying to get out um of my parents place at the time and have like our own place. And I was like, I will make this up financially. So I sold like a bunch of my dragon quest stuff, um, to make the trip and everything, but it was completely worth it. Uh, I got to play the demo. Um, Samantha, I gave you and probably one of the worst interviews, uh, ever. <laughs> and that's on this cutting room floor at square Enix somewhere, uh, of me being like on the spot, nervous about the game I just played and having. Oh my gosh, having the, met. the video interviews that we did. Yeah, we never ended up using those for anything. Oh uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I feel so bad. <laughs> it wasn't because anybody was bad. Like I had so much fun doing those. It's just again, like it was like just me and Neil basically working on Dragon Quest Eleven and the game was soon coming out and there just was too much to do to also worry about like getting this together in time. It was that's why the interview with Hori San didn't come out to like the day before launch, even though we filmed it in July. Like there's just only so much we can do. <laughs> but yeah, Hori San was also he was just really super chill. Like you said, he's really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, like the when when we got there, we were initially told like he's not going to sign anything except the the uh the card and he'll do like a little drawing on the card uh the dragon quest uh, 11 card that they that they hand out uh, to the people online and then as soon as the line started to move he was like yeah i'll sign whatever and people yeah. let out their games and everything and i that, i was kicking myself i was like oh man i should have brought, brought uh you had something yes you had the right, chance. Yeah. I did, yeah. I had uh, I had the official uh, Westy the Dragon Quest <laughs> slime plucky <laughs> with me from from the the Twitter account um, to take a picture with Yuji Hori for that account, and he asked if he could sign him, and I, I was like, uh, I, I don't, no thanks, because <laughs> you know that's the that's the the slime plushie that gets mailed around like oh, around yeah. the country, and uh, if he's got you know, Hori Sensei's like face tattoo, it's gonna be weird. <laughs> You know, later we told him, you know, he could have got a tramp stamp, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Be on his face. Yeah, ask Hori Sensei to draw a little butterfly uh, lower back tattoo. <laughs> my, uh, my slime plushie that he signed, he did sign on the back of it. So you can't tell by looking at the front of the slime plushie. Fair enough. It's okay. You had your 24 hours there. You were. It, it was a little bit starstruck, Liam. We, we forgive you. <laughs> Definitely was. It was. It was amazing, and I had a little bit of Japanese that I've now forgotten. Unfortunately, that my wife had uh, helped coach me to memorize at the time to tell him that I was a big fan ever since I was ten years old. Mm -hmm. so I need yeah, to learn that again. <laughs> he's a good dude, and he he really does love meeting all the fans. Like, um, he's always really like happy to do those. Like the weekend the game came out, we he went to. Uh, three different places over the course of a week. Like we went up to PAX West and then we went to Crunchyroll Expo in San Jose. And then we went to San Francisco for media interviews. And he was just like totally cool with doing all these things. <laughs> um, and I was happy because it got brought up at one of our dinners that I had met him in 2011 and I still have the photo. And he was like, oh, I want that photo. Like, that's great. <laughs> so he's oh. a very nice guy. 
Does, did he scream on Space Mountain? Can you tell us? <laughs> I know that he uh, was not a fan and did not go on any more <laughs> roller coasters for the rest of the day. Oh, man. Wow. Um, hey, that's, that's, a, me. that's me. I don't that's do not that a stuff. rough roller coaster by any stretch. <laughs> yeah. He went on, we went on Big Thunder too, but oh, then we went on Space Mountain. And I think that one just being in the dark and being a little scary. Oh, yeah. You go upside down in the dark on that one. I remember yeah, it that. It was just like, maybe not anymore. <laughs> in, the, in the disney world one you don't go upside down that's the only reason i've ever been on it oh really yeah that's the one i've been Actually, on because disneyland doesn't go upside down no, it disney has to world be disney doesn't either. i know that okay. oh really well disneyland doesn't yeah. i can tell you that and i, I i've sure. been inside it with all the lights on because the people mover goes through there <laughs> in disney world and there's just been times where they're in there working on it and you're going through and you're like oh look at that <laughs> to not go completely off topic but i was at disneyland recently and by recently i mean before the end times that we're in now um, <laughs> and when i was on you. when i was on space mountain uh it suddenly stopped near the end and they turned on all the lights for a while <laughs> and i had happened to me like once like ages ago like before you know cell phone cameras but this time i had one and i was like i'm just gonna take a bunch of pictures of the inside of this ride this is great so i did Awesome. And Disney didn't didn't like uh, didn't like stop you and confiscate your phone. No, they did. I don't think they cared at that point because it was uh, you know they know everybody's just going to be doing that anyway. But it's great. Like when when Hori travels, um, and there's there's evidence of that, and you know the fans pick up on that. If he travels mm-hmm. to like recent, I guess at some point last year he traveled to New York. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometime like last October or whatever, and he went to a bunch of. He's a big jazz fan, so he went to a bunch of the um, jazz bars in New York. And immediately, like, the rumors started flying, oh, my God, we're getting Dragon Quest Walk. This is it. He's scouting tra- <laughs> New York for Dragon and, and it became this, Because like, that's his job. Let's see. Let's put a yeah. gym here or a <laughs> yeah. dungeon there. Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what we bring yeah, Hordy sent out for. for. Yep. <laughs> perfect place for a golem. Uh, <laughs> I think in 2011, I want to say, because I think it was a year after Dragon Quest Nine came out, um... A fan was at San Diego Comic Con and took a photo of him because he was just there. He was just there hanging out. I'm like, well, that's cool. <laughs> but I imagine, uh, I imagine meeting American fans is a completely different experience um, from because because it's a it's an entirely new generation of fans mm-hmm. and also a completely different country, completely different region, which which seems seems to be fairly new to. Square Enix because they always they always kind of saw localization as more of like an afterthought because Japan was always their priority. Mm-hmm. So so that must be that must be interesting for him. And I'm glad glad that he seems to really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to think that with you know the energy of when when Hero was announced in Smash and they took that footage from Nintendo New York of just the entire room just erupting and, and just <laughs> so happy, so joyous, like. I'd I'd love to think he sees that and just feels amazing and and that he realizes that he's tu- he's he's uh, inspired people from around the world. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just one of those games with with all the all the games out there that it's just it's just wholesome and fun and everybody no matter what your age or whatever can just pick up and play and enjoy and that's that's a t- that's a tough thing to do. It's it's not only a tough thing to do to really hit that right chord, but also maintain it for as long as that uh, that company has. Especially when it's a big it's a big company with a lot of different hands in it. It still 
kind of held on to that spirit. Uh, one more Hori story. <laughs> <laughs> so Rockefeller Center um, in, in New York. So he was there in, uh, when did Dragon Quest Nine come out? Was that 2011? 2010. 2010? No, in, yeah. in, in the U.S.? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, July 11th, 2010. Okay. That, that, that will always be like, a special day for me because like that was the day I went I went into the hospital so so yeah I will always remember that release date <laughs> okay <laughs> hope you're okay I got a little too excited about yeah the release. <laughs> well no just like what happened was I was having I was having really really bad stomach pain for the longest time and so what what had had happened was my gallbladder stopped working uh like I wasn't having stones I had complete and total organ failure and I was going back and forth from the emergency rooms and all this. And I had my review copy from from uh, uh, from PR at the time. So I was going to all these doctor's appointments and I was playing my um, uh, I was playing my copy. And that was like that was a big relief just sitting in the in the waiting room being able to play that. But uh, I got I, I finally was like, yeah, I need to go to the hospital. And, and I got admitted to uh, to the hospital on the Dragon Quest nine release date. <laughs> <laughs> did you get the game first like your yes i had the game first like... i had my uh had my uh, <laughs> uh, I had my, uh copy. but the thing is i had i had complications after my surgery and so and so the part that i was at was when everyone is getting sick and dying oh coffin well yes and so <laughs> and so i'm having i'm having complications after my surgery and like everyone in the game is getting sick and dying too well like I, oh i uh -oh. hope after you beat the rage and contagion that you actually started to feel better in real life I too did, i did actually <laughs> i had another surgery after that but i mean it's pretty good i lost um uh, uh by not having a gallbladder anymore to like mess with my uh system and all that i lost i lost 85 pounds so that's pretty great <laughs> all right um so it's so hori was at rockefeller center for the dq9 promotion and uh one of uh one of our regulars with the uh tag mode tuesday we, we meet up to uh do multiplayer for dragon quest 9 at nintendo new york he was actually at that um launch event and he said that hori was only signing the first the first 30 people so oh. <laughs> only the first 30 people which i always thought was hilarious because 30 is the exact amount of unique tags you need in the game to open up the full in the questers rest <laughs> so yeah so he was only signing for the first 30 people to be that 31st person must have been agonizing <laughs> but it was it's great that uh that you know, now he's signing for uh, hundreds and hundreds of fans at these at these various events yeah it's just like it's it's weird because like if it's if it's only 30 like why even go through the trouble of making the appearance just like um well, he, I think he was he was yeah no he was hanging out at the event too and 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 talking at it um but in terms of like actual signatures i think the only the only the first 30 people online uh got them and i think it was specifically aligned with that 30 unique tags in oh, the okay yeah i always thought that was a, that was those kind were of... the chosen ones everybody yeah. else now go talk to those 30 people <laughs> well i think i think rpg wizard the guy the, from our tag mode group was one of the 30 so uh i think yeah because i remember seeing um uh some photos of him uh getting the uh the autograph with uh with hori mm -hmm. so cool um well samantha uh so the game is marry thwack puff puff uh we will come <laughs> up with three random dragon quest characters 
Um, and you tell us which you would marry, uh, which one gets thwacked, or sometimes referred to as canicked. And uh, well, the rules are kind of vague on Puff Puff, so we'll leave that open to interpretation. Yeah, it's uh, we've had people like, do I get Puff Puff? Do they Puff Puff me? Do I Puff Puff them? Is it bungee like, jumping I'm... into clouds? <laughs> one can only hope. <laughs> That's my favorite one out of all of them. I think. Um, so soft and pillowy. <laughs> all right, so your choices for Mary Thwack Puff Puff are Yangus, uh, Kirill, or Christo, and Hendrick. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, I think marry Hendrick because he's the most honorable. Hmm. I can't marry Christo because he's too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to kill him either. Oh. We thwack the thwacker. Thwack the. I mean, <laughs> would that just be cruel irony if I thwack him and it, it works, works on the first work. try? <laughs> it might not work. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do that because it might not work. And then, you know, whatever. I guess? Because I don't think he'd be very good at Puff Puff. He's a priest. <laughs> or, like, would I be know. able to handle being Puff Puffed? <laughs> huh. That uh, actually, no. I think I would really like that situation. So, Puff Puff, Christo, and I'm sorry, Yangus. <laughs> Fuck Yangus. I mean, someone's always got to go. It's just <laughs> cool. Blimey. All right. Well, the I thing think... is, Yangus has enough up top. He can puff puff himself. He'll be, oh, he'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I had to crack up because uh, there's a podcast that does retro games or retro encounter by a RPG fan website. And they played this one time with all the on one of their podcasts. And they didn't do Mary. They did the first two, but they didn't do kill. They didn't do thwack because they just thought it was like so inhumane and like, I was tweeting at one of the guys. I was like, seriously? You, you played, you know, Mary Fuck Kill and you didn't do the kill? I mean, come on. <laughs> Middle schoolers play this game. I mean, <laughs> it's like we just we just wanted to keep it a little bit more PC for the podcast or something. I was like, wait a minute. It's not PC. Like, it's not the savagery of middle school, sir. <laughs> Why? <being? laughs> so that was pretty good. Dwayne, anything else uh, you want to ask before we wrap this up? Um, shoot, I do. I have lots of things I want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of things. Um, it's, it's it's sometimes it's just like when you kind of put on the spot like this. It's hard. It's hard to narrow it down to just to just one thing. Um, hmm. If not, uh, if not, you can always come back and hang out, can't you? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because it's. Um, I mean, I always, I always enjoy hearing, hearing about, uh, hearing all the different stories from all the different people who worked on the games, because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like not only is it fun to hear everyone's individual take, it's also good to get the info, and it's also, it's also history of these games that just I want, I want their stories to be told and their work archived and appreciated. So yeah, that was um, my favorite part about the Dragon Quest XI campaign is that we spent a ton of time with. Um, Okamoto-san, the producer, and Uchikawa-san, the director. Um, and I became pretty good friends with them over, you know, all the different things that we did that year. Um, and <laughs> learning, like, so I was at dinner. We were at dinner one of the nights because we always go out to dinner with our guests from Japan and take them out to dinner. Um, 
Uchikawa-san, and I found out, worked on Dragon Quest IX and did a bunch of the stories on that game and then also worked on Dragon Quest X. And we were talking and I was talking about how I love the Seraphie story in Dragon Quest X, the heel slime that's a human. And he goes, oh, I wrote that. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I wasn't like trying to impress you. I just literally, I love that character in that story. Um, so <laughs> things like that were very fun. And, you know, just getting to talk to them about what parts of you know dragon quest because they grew up with it too and now they're working on it and it's just there's so much love and passion for this series just everywhere and that's what i really love about it even though that, I, I yeah <laughs> that actually reminds me of something i wanted to ask the the uh collector's edition of dragon quest 11 mm -hmm. that came out for uh for the ps4 that book was fantastic that book was way better than any of us ever uh, deserved. <laughs> I could I could not believe just not not only did it have as much artwork as it did, but it had interviews with the producers, the directors, and all the different localization staff of all of all the different languages. Mm -hmm. Who put that to uh, together, and how can I send them like a gift basket? <laughs> <laughs> that was a it was a joint effort with both marketing here and in Japan. Um, gosh, it's been a couple of years now. I want to say that Neil spearheaded a lot of that. Um, Thank you, Neil. But, but the like the localization stuff was not our idea. That was definitely probably either Japan or our European office because I I remember that being a surprise to me that it was in the book. Um, but deciding like all the different things and then, you know, getting a nice layout. That's all yes. stuff that we all like, you know, work on together. Um, Japan obviously leads most of it, like, you know, making mm -hmm. the calls on what we're going to put in there, but we definitely get to put input into it. Not because me personally. Because that book, that book <laughs> I think is better than the Dragon Quest Eleven art book, just as far as just like layout and just all the different interviews. It's really, really nice. Yeah, the pages were put together like after we got all the you know assets from Japan, the pages were put together by our creative team in America. Um, and then feedback was given by like Neil and then Japan would give feedback too. So definitely a big group effort on nice. that one. So do you have do you have like an do you have like an asset server? And if so, how well how well is the security on that? <laughs> uh, I, I mean... just want to look. I just want to look. I don't want to take anything. I just look at everything in its full resolution. That's all I want to do. I'll, uh... I just want to be a voyeur. Got it. Yeah, mark that down. Oh, one of my uh, one of my gems. Um, well, I have I have a couple of holy grails. Um, one of which are are assets from uh, from a Chrono Trigger, and it's and it's not the character artwork. It's the it's the full eleven by seventeen, just like the little action scenes. Uh, it's not it's not a full set, but I can view those at at a hundred percent and I can see just like where the ink kind of got out of the lines a little bit. Love it so, <laughs> but one of the things, and I didn't, I didn't realize this until I got the dragon quest illustrations art book is I've got, I've got the, I've, it was, it was part of an asset pack, um, European asset pack, I believe. Uh, it's the, it's the cover art for rocket slime and it's the layered Photoshop file. And I was, and then I realized I was like, oh, I've got Akira Toriyama's actual layered file. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know that that was actually that that was actually his artwork until I got the illustration book. I was like, oh, this is this is glorious. <laughs> <laughs> 
getting getting to see that kind of stuff behind the scenes is definitely like starting as a fan has definitely been one of the coolest things for sure um yeah (laughs) it bums me out a little bit sometimes that i can't just freely talk in dragon quest fan groups anymore because like i'll always end up getting asked things that are company related and i'm like can i just like enjoy the games like you guys (laughs) (laughs) keep it focused on the game yeah and it's only natural, just like people people want to know. And I yeah. remember I remember back in the Enix days, um, uh, Justin and Knob were pretty were pretty direct and like transparent with everyone. Just like, oh yeah, here's what uh, here's what we went through. Here's how this much would would cost. And I think I think it went a long way to show that. And I mean, there are people who are still mad that they think Enix purposely. D- uh, denied them Dragon <laughs> Dragon Warrior Four, even when they said a million times. It's like no, <laughs> we wanted to do it. But I think I think when you're transparent like that, it helps. It helps a lot with fan with fan relations. Just kind of calms the storm. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think with that, uh, bring this episode to a wrap. That is going to be it for this episode of Slime Time. We want to thank Samantha for joining us to talk about so many different Dragon Quest topics. Thanks so much, Samantha. Yeah, no problem. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for all the work that uh, that uh, you're doing. Dragon Quest is definitely in a better place now because of you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, me and a lot of other people. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thanks to you and your team and the teams you've been part of. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So y'all might have noticed that the only time we ever mention Patreon is when we say we don't use Patreon. We are all just longtime fans that want to speak about the game series we know and love so much. If you do happen to have some uh, money, maybe some extra stimulus money, if that's coming again, maybe you'd like to donate, slide on over to the Dragon's Den, uh, www.wudis.com slash den, and click on support the site. Woodus has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den site for over 20 years. I'm sure he'd appreciate any donation. Um, or if you're just a little bit more selfish and want to buy something for yourself, but still support the site, you could use the Amazon affiliate links there. Make some purchases like Dragon Quest 11s or uh, pretty much anything that's still on Amazon. He's got affiliate links there for you, Builders 2 and all that stuff. And a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. And if you're an advertiser and you're looking for a cool new podcast to spend lots of ad revenue on, reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. Looking at you, NordVPN. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, break on you... earbuds yes. by Ray J. And I don't know why you would want to advertise that. <laughs> well, I'll take Baked Lays, too. I like them a lot. Oh, those um, are good. If you have any comments or questions for us, you can find us on Twitter at platym 3 or at Celestrian, or hit us up both simultaneously at DQ Slime Time. And uh, check out Samantha at Coffee Tan uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Twitch as well. Twitter, or- Instagram, Twitch. Awesome. Excellent. And consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon Send forums, one of the few uh, remaining any forums still around and active. Uh, you can find it at the Dragon Send main page or just go straight to www.wudis.com slash forums. Um, I'm always there crazily posting, keeping people up to date um, on what we see around. We've got a, someone who, uh, Doc Hill, I think is his name. He's uh, the second something's on Twitter or whatever, he's always keeping us up to date, Dragon Quest wise, um, and just uh, we're talking about Game Boy Advance games and Game Boy Color games recently, and just there, there's so many different discussions going on there. Come on and join us. Uh, you could probably get yourself a Dragon's Den Discord invite too. 
uh, to the elite Discord group, all 12 of us. <laughs> um, and with that, we'd like to thank everyone that's made this podcast possible, like Brian, a.k.a. Woodis, for his support of the series and this podcast, <clears throat> and for keeping the Dragon's Den lights on for decades. Thanks to Amanda Laprie and the Descendants of Erdrich for allowing us to use their music for the podcast. Descendants of Erdrich is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their most recent album, Advent, at www.descendantsofurdrich.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrich, or go see their band leader, Amanda Laprie, live on tour as a guitarist with Andrew WK as soon as we can do that again. And we can uh, thank live right here our resident graphic artist dq fan Dwayne bullock for making oh. our awesome artwork cover for the podcast thank you very much i appreciate it It was super fun to work on mm -hmm. you were on the original iteration of slime time podcast now something like nine years ago oh um, yeah I, you, I sounded even worse than i do now i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> you've joined us for our uh ballet discussion uh before <laughs> and, and uh many other discussions mm -hmm. um you can check him out on instagram at Dwayne art or his uh website at dwaynebulkart.bigcartel.com Anyway, if you're looking for more DQ podcasts, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Dang, Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Please also check out our fellow Dragon Quest podcasts available like Puff Puff Hour and Dragon Quest FM. Bye, everyone. DQ Slime Time, sliming off. Slime Time.